will make you think that Blue Cross is Blue Shield is insurance. Friend, we've got the great physician that's on that's in our hearts. He'll heal you to the uttermost, from the crown of your head to the very soles of your hallelujah. Bible said he sent his word and he healed them all. He sent his word. Hallelujah. Brother Dupree, y'all give him a big applause this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. We're going to have a dedication this morning. Luke Wisdom. Dedicate him. Lord. Release the faith that God has given us. He's given every one of us a measure of faith. What we're to do to release that faith. We will this morning as we dedicate Luke to the Lord, the wisdom family. I understand Brother Rick can't stand it. Too long. Um, maybe we might preach before they come and then come up here and do it. If, or could y'all come? You got him a chair he can sit down. So y'all just come ahead. The Rick Wisdom family. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. group in it. They're a wonderful group. Hebrews 11.20 says, It was by faith that Isaac blessed his two sons, Jacob and Esau. He had confidence in what God was going to do in the future. It's important that we lay our hands on our children and bless them. That's biblical. Let's do that. This is what Jacob did. I mean, Isaac did to Jacob and Esau. He blessed their future. 
he released the faith that God had put in him that they would have a great future. Luke is going to have a great future. Hmm? We have not because we do not speak what God gives us to speak. God has given us the word of God to make prophetic blessings over our children. That's found in Genesis 49 and 22 about that how he blessed them. 1 Samuel 1, 28 said, Now I have given him, Anna talking, said, I have given him to the Lord because I prayed for him. And the Lord gave me him. Psalms 2 and 8 says, Ask of me and I'll do what? I will give. When we ask, God will give. So it says here, Anna says, I've given him to the Lord. For he will belong to the Lord all the days of his life. Luke will belong to the Lord all the days of his life. He's been having some problems. But starting today, we're going to believe and release faith. His problems are over with. We're going to release the faith that God has given us. God has given you a faith, what you need to do is to release it into the future of your children. So Luke's going to have a great future. A great future. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We find in Romans 8, 31 and 39, we will not read all that, but God will ultimately bring good out of what is going to happen to Luke. He's going to bring the good out. He's going to discard the evil. Like Brother Don said, by the blood of Jesus Christ. Luke 2.24 that Simeon came by the Spirit. The Spirit led him to the temple knowing Jesus was going to be there. So the Spirit is here today knowing that Luke is here today. He's come to the temple. His parents had brought him to the temple and their parents brought him and the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. So it's the law that God has given us to bless Luke's future. We find also that Simeon took the child in his hands and his arm and he blessed God. And he blessed God. Jacob was getting ready to leave this world called all of his children together. I wonder what it would make a difference if we as parents would call our children together and anoint them and lay our hands on them and bless them. He laid his hands on Joseph and said, you're going to be like a vine. You're going to grow. You're going to grow over the walls and your roots are going to get find some water and you're going to be prosperous. I say to the family today that Luke's going to be a vine. His roots are going to grow over some walls. He's going to find water. He's going to be prosperous. And whatever he does, he's going to prosper in the name of the Lord. John Hagee's book, The Power of Prophetic Blessings. 
of laying on of hands. The pastor is a mega church in San Antonio. Many, many years ago, Dr. Criswell pastored the church in First Dallas, and First Baptist Church in Dallas for over 50 years. He was considered a giant in his time. He came to San Antonio. John Hagee said, I was surprised that he would come to evangelical church in being a Baptist. But he asked me and my wife to kneel down in front of him. He took all and anointed us and prayed over us that our lives has never been the same since then. Something happened when he laid his hands on us put the oil on us. He released his faith in us and there was a prophetic blessing that came on us. He said it's still with us today. It changed our lives forever. So we're going to pray over Luke. He's going to have a great future. We're not releasing our faith, but we have no faith except what God gives us. It is our faith that we're going to release into Luke this morning with this family. Now I know they're going to release their faith. And he is going to have, now some people say, well, you don't know that. We know it by the word of God. A pastor asked a lady one time in church, she said, how do you know that? She said, I know it in my knower. Listen, God can put something in your knower that you know that is prophetic truth and what God has released. So we're going to anoint Luke right now and ask the family. This child has been given by God to have a great future a great and mighty future so we're going to pray over this right now in the name of Jesus that Luke is going to have a great future he's going to grow over walls the Lord is going to bless this family and abundantly okay be alright you'll see the day you want it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we release faith into Luke right now he came from you, and we're going to send him back to you for your protection. The parents will take care of him and raise him in the fear of the Lord. You to look after him all the days of his life. You keep all sickness, everything evil away from him, and keep him under your covenant. Secure him in the blessings of the Lord. And his future will be bright and possess the things of God. We thank you that our prayers have heard, and the blessings of the Lord is upon this family. In the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we give you praise for this is done deal in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. 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 Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. never too late for you to lay your hands on your children and pray over them and bless them and bless their future that they will have a great future we appreciate Brother Sam and Sister Emily Jack, Luke doing such a great work for the kingdom of God Amen
wish you all a great, happy Thanksgiving. Amen. Praise God. We prayed earlier this here at the church, Brother Melvin said, I want us to pray that all people that's traveling and whatever they're doing over these Thanksgiving holidays be safe and secure in the Lord. No harm will come to their lives. They can enjoy this great Thanksgiving day. Great Thanksgiving day. You got your Bibles? Or they'll put it up there, Ruth 1 and 21. Ruth 1 and 21. Praise God. Praise God. Naomi said, I went out full. And the Lord had brought me home again empty. While thou calleth me Naomi, seeing the Lord has testified against me, the Almighty has afflicted me. Another translation, call me not Naomi. Call me Myra, meaning bitter. We're going to title this The Harvest or the Bitter. I, I really feel the Lord here today. I feel, uh, the Bible tells us to wait upon the Lord. We should renew our strength. Ruth was a Moab. We find that God told Moses, don't make no covenant with Moab. Don't let the Moabs come into the covenant with the children of Israel because of their background and where they came from. But Ruth's here. Chapter 2 and verse 11 said, Boaz, that fully been shown me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law. Ruth's mother-in-law was a bitter woman. She was bitter. She was probably hard to get along with. Oh, she was so bitter. Ruth being a Moab, she knew what it was like. Here recently they showed a young man went to school with a shotgun with a bunch of shells. Don't shoot up the school. Just by faith, I believe, the coach, football coach, came out of the hall there and saw him. And grabbed him and hugged him. He began to cry. Said, I don't want to hurt nobody. I'm not wanted and don't nobody like me. Coach hugged him tighter and said, I want you and I like you. Here we have a situation that this woman is bitter. But Naomi, very bitter. But Ruth being a Moab, she probably knows exactly how she feels. How many know that Jesus is set where you sit? He knows everything about us. Everything. He was tempted in all points like we are so he could understand the way we feel. 
But don't nobody understand how I feel. Nobody never been where I've been. We should never tell people, I know how you feel. Because you don't. You don't know how to feel. Brother O.F. Foss, I heard him say one time, I've got trouble. Their son was killed in an automobile accident in his senior year in high school. Said people would come up to him and said, I know how you feel. He said, it made me mad and angry. I get mad and angry about it. But they have never lost a son. They didn't know how I felt. Even if they had lost one, they still didn't know how I felt. You never know how somebody feels. And to say that I know how you feel is not a real good statement. But we don't know how they feel. But I want you to know there's one that knows how you feel. He knows every area of our life. He knows how we feel. There's something about Ruth. She told Naomi, we find this in chapter 1 and verse 14. And she was not going to leave Naomi, even though Naomi was bitter. And they lifted up their voices, and they wept again. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you. Whether you goest, I'm going to go. Whether I lodgest, I'm going to lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and their God going to be my God. Where thou diest, I will die. There will I be buried. The Lord do also to me, and more also. But death part you and me. She might not have knew exactly how Naomi felt, but she was bitter. She was bitter. But Ruth stayed with her. I mean, you know the Lord will stay with you. I don't care how bitter you get. When nobody else don't like you, He likes you. When nobody else understands you, He understands you. He knows what you're going through with. Ruth says, I'm going to stay with you. She was bitter. Naomi was bitter. But Boaz asked him one day, I'd like to point out that she was sent to glean in the corner of the field. In the corner. Separated. Ruth was. She was willing to take the lowest job. And there she gleaned. And Boaz noticed her one day. It doesn't matter where we are in the corner with our little hat on that we messed up. But Jesus sees you. He sees a sparrow that falls to the ground. How much more so, he said, that I see you. And there she gleamed. And Boaz said, I have heard. I've heard of your kindness and your gentleness to Naomi even though she's bitter 
I've heard Brother James how, how you treating her. I had a first cousin went to see his sister. She she'd had a difficult, hard life. All right, she lived in Mount Pleasant. And he lived down in Arkansas. He went over one day to see her. Said all she was doing is complaining. She was very bitter. What happened in her life? Said I stood up and said I didn't drive from Arkansas over here to hear you talk about your bitterness. That's all you got to talk about. I'm gonna go home. I come to take you to lunch. She said, Well, I will never mention it again. You can become bitter over things. But Boaz says, I've heard how kind you have been to your mother-in-law. Even though she's bitter, the kindness that you're showing. And the Bible said that he told the reapers, leave some grain handfuls for her. I want you to notice what she gathered up. The Bible said what she gathered up was the harvest. Ruth gathered up the harvest. She went home. And she gave it to Naomi. Didn't keep it for herself. She gave it to Naomi. What God is saying to us, there's a harvest for you, just like it was for Naomi. Ruth didn't keep the harvest. She didn't keep what she had gleaned. She gave it to the woman that was bitter. And what Christ wants to do for us in the difficulties of our lives, He wants to bring a harvest in our lives. He wants to bring kindness in our lives and gentleness in our lives. And Naomi never dreamed that her life would wind up like it did. Though she was bitter. But God had a plan for her. Put Ruth in her life. And she got to nourish Boaz. In her old age, can't you just see her rocking? Just rocking. My mother told me one time about one of our aunts said, you give her a dip of snuff in a rocking chair and a baby in her arms said she's happy all day long. There, Naomi had been changed because Ruth brought the harvest to her. God brings a harvest to us. And I would say all of us have been blessed because of the harvest that Christ has brought in our lives and blessed us. The Lord recompense thy works. A full reward. He's talking to Ruth. Boaz is talking to Ruth. The Lord has recompensed thy works. A full reward will be given to you of the Lord. I mean, you know that God sees our works. When He sees kindness, gentleness, in displays, He recognizes it. 
and he gives a full reward to that individual. Ruth got a full reward. Naomi might have had a reason for being bitter. She lost a husband. She lost two sons. She was in the land of Moab. And the Lord had dwelt bitterly with her. But the Lord let her know there was a harvest back in Israel. If she would just go home. What a mighty harvest is. I mean, you know, we're blessed going in and blessed coming out. Everything we do, we're being blessed. And God is blessing us beyond what we can ever imagine and how he blessed this woman. And the barley represents the bread of life. What did Ruth bring to bitter Naomi was the bread of life, which is Jesus Christ. He brought, she brought Jesus Christ to that place of bitterness. And the life of Jesus Christ, the bread of life, changed that heart. There's no heart so hard that God can't change. I don't care how much sin abounds and how bad it is, God's grace is greater than any sin there is in this world. Releasing faith and seeing the blessings of God in our lives. Ruth went out every day to gather a blessing to bring it home. Another good character in the Bible we find in the book of Judges, the 11th chapter, is Jephthah. His name's He Will Open. The Bible said he was a mighty man of value. But he was the son of a harlot. Sometimes people will mistreat other people when the person they're mistreating does not have anything to do with their birth. Miss Viola Griffin used to teach in Queen City. She taught math, geometry, algebra, trigonometry. I didn't get all of that, but she taught it. Mm -hmm. The guy told me one time that he didn't get it neither. He said, I never would need it. He got off on a pipeline job, and he'd become the superintendent of the big job. And he run up on he needed some of that. What did he do? Anybody know what he did? He called Viola Griffin, and she told him what to do. And she used to tell us, you cannot help who your family or your relatives is. You can't help that. But you can help who your friends are. You have a choice of who your friends is going to be. Brother Eddie told me one time when he went in the Air Force, got on the train, and he got to looking at all them guys, all them he thought, well, I, I, I don't know about that James Clayton. I don't know where I can trust him or not. I don't believe I'd want to be in the same foxhole with him. But said when they got in boot camp, he found out who really your friends are.
How many of you will know who your friends really are when you, a lot of you don't know what boot camp is, but I'm telling you, it's something. And you're talking about separating the men from the boys that, that will do that. So Jephthah was cast out for not anything that he did because he was born of a harlot. Even though he was a mighty man of valor, Israel cast him out and run him off. Said, you cannot have no part in this heritage with us because your mother was a harlot. But the scripture says he went out and vain men gathered themselves to him. Don't let your circumstances dictate what your future is going to be. Hmm? Everybody has some bad circumstances sometimes. If you hadn't, you ought to say, thank you, Jesus, because you're going to have some. But he didn't let his bad circumstance being cast out affect his character. Sometimes circumstance can affect a person's character. How many has ever seen a lizard? You ever seen a lizard? You ever seen it on a green leaf? Have you watched him? No, you hadn't watched him? What happens when he gets off that green leaf on a brown leaf? Huh? Do what? He turned brown. Our first pastor used to tell us people are usually transformed, their character, and the type of people they're hanging around. But Jephthah did not allow his character to change because of the way he had been treated. He still worshipped the Jehovah. He still walked with God. He still was a mighty man of valor. It wasn't but a few years go by, Israel gets in trouble. They're besieged by a mighty army that's fixing to take them over. And they sent an email and asked Jephthah could he come and help them. Oh my, he could have said, y'all cast me out. Sometimes people get their feelings hurt. But Jephthah didn't get his feelings hurt. He might have got them hurt, but it didn't affect his character. He went to them. Let me say again, you'll find out who your friends are when you're really in trouble. When you're in sorrow and grief, you'll really find out who your friends really are. And sometimes the one that you wouldn't think would be your friend would be the one that will stick the closest to you in the time of trouble. So he went to Israel and said, what can I do for you? He's a mighty man of value and he's as a mighty army now. He said, we need your help. But he did say, what am I going to get out of it? If I whoop these guys for you, what am I going to get? And they told him, so you become the head if you'll do it. He says, I'll do it. I want to say again that his life circumstances did not change his character. Whatever circumstance he was in, his character was still what? The same. 
it was still the same. His circumstance didn't change his character. He still worshiped Jehovah. Give him praise and give him honor. And there he delivered Israel. He brought a harvest. He brought relief. He brought victory. And that's what God has called us to be. To bring a harvest to the hurting. Excuse me. Matthew 6 and 43. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments. 12 baskets full of fragments. Disciples said, send them away. They bothered us. Jesus says, I can't send them away. They're hurting. Disciples said, well, we want to send them away. But Jesus says, I can't. They says, we ain't got no food to feed them. And Jesus says, you feed them. He fed the 5,000, and then they picked up what? I want you to know this morning, God is a miraculous, miracle-working God. Anyone that can take two fish, two pieces of bread. Scholar says the fish would like sardines, just, just little sardines. And the bread wasn't much bigger than that. But when he put them in his hand, he gave thanks. He hadn't done anything yet, but the first thing he done is give thanks. And as he gave thanks, he broke the bread and gave to disciples, and he fed them. Some might say, well, that was then, this is now. That's true. But what was then, God done. He can do now. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He told Herod, I walk yesterday, I walk today, and I walk tomorrow. What he's saying, what I've done then, I can do now. And then he said, pick up the fragments. God is speaking to the church today like he's never spoke before. Because this is the last days. Time is running out. Most any Bible scholars, Perry Stone is considered probably one of the greatest ones right now. There's nothing else got to take place for the Lord to come. Everything is set. Everything is ready. But he told them to pick up the fragments. I mean, you know, there's a lot of fragment people out there. Twenty-two veterans take their lives every day because they can't cope with what happened to them during the war. There's people, 60-something thousand people die yearly from overdose on opium because they can't cope with life. Pieces broken. Jesus said, pick up the pieces. I may believe that God wants a church to start picking up pieces. People's lives that are broken and destroyed. At 22 a day, 
is equal to about 8,000 something a year veterans. It's got so serious that they're opening up a place in Texarkana College to help veterans to receive what they need to receive and where they can cope with life. How I many know that Jesus can help you cope with life? The Bible said when you get it in his hands, they put the bread in his hands. I don't think I'll ever forget the message that Brother Wellman, he went on to meet the Lord now. He was a missionary in Brazil, preached here one time. He said, I don't believe that that little boy was the only one in the crowd, 6,000 or 5,000 people that had a lunch. He said, I don't believe that. He said, I don't believe no mother would let her child go off without something to eat. How many know how blessed you are? I was talking to my grandson and Starla the other day at the dinner table. And they were talking about food. And I know times have changed. I said, how'd you like to went to school when I did? When your mother would cook breakfast, have enough biscuits left over, she'd run her finger down inside that biscuit and whirl it around and pour ribbon cane syrup in there and put it in a little old half, just a little old bucket about that big. And that's what you had for lunch. A biscuit with ribbon cane in it. But Jesus said, give it to me. Brother Wellman said, I believe there was more people in that congregation had some fish and had some bread, but they didn't have the faith. Andrew didn't have the faith neither. He said, what's these two little old fish about the size of your finger, two pieces of bread about the size of your finger, what will that do? I want you to know there's nothing impossible when you get it in God's hand and release your faith. That little old boy come up there. He believed these two fish in Jesus' hand would feed 5,000 men. When you're cooking fish, some of you might have to help me out here. I think you, you, it's one pound per man, right? And a half a pound for a woman. And there's no telling what to get. That's that, that 75,000 pounds or 7,500 pounds of fish to feed them. But Jesus fed them all and still had some left over. I mean, you know that God can meet all your needs and still have something left over. Oh, something to pick up some baskets and carry home and bless you in the wilderness. In the Charisma magazine this month, most of you have ever heard Benny Hinn. Yeah, I believe he said he wasn't going to be preaching. He still believed in prosperity, but he wasn't going to be preaching the prosperity message anymore. He said, I'm going to preach the cross. Listen, church, it's the cross. It's the death of ourselves, what we need more than anything else in this world. When David prayed for Solomon, when Solomon was young, he said, God, give Solomon a perfect heart. How I many know what we need more than anything in this world is a perfect heart before God? We need that more than we need anything else. Just have a perfect heart before God. This Jesus that we serve, he brought a harvest to our bitter lives. When we was bitter and didn't know what to do. We're living in a time of the mighty harvest. 
Jesus said we must bring the bread of life to people. John 6 and 9 tells us this was barley bread, barley loaves. It was the poorest food there was. But when Jesus took it in his hand, he changed it. Jesus never allowed things in life to affect his life. Isaiah 53 and 3 said, He, Jesus, is despised and rejected of men. Verse 2, that there's no beauty that we should desire him. He did no mighty miracles in his hometown because they did not believe that he was a prophet. They believed he was Joseph, his boy. And then they ridiculed him in John 8 and 42. They said, we're not born to fornication as you are. He was rejected. He was turned out. Despised. Criticized everything but he did not let none of that he said I must be about my father's business I mean look we got a business we're in business I've heard people say well I'm going to start my own business where I can be my own boss that will never happen the public's going to be your boss hmm Jim why are you raising your hand And if the public is not your boss, the customer's always what? Right. If you don't follow that philosophy, it won't be long, you won't have a customer. You've got to treat them like they're the cream of the crop if you're going to stay in business. Ruth was kind and gentle to Naomi who was bitter was kind and gentle and she took the harvest that she harvested and gave it to her changed her life changed her life I mentioned to the Sunday school class and I stand to be corrected on this number but there's a church that's given over $750 million that has paid people's medical bills. They could not pay their bills. The church reaches out to those people and gives them and pays their medical bills for them. Hurting. 1 Corinthians 3.22 Paul writes that whether Paul or Paulus or Cephas Or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all things belong to you. God has blessed us with all things, the blessings of God. It was Peter that took the sword and cut off the high priest's servant's ear and it fell on the ground. It was Jesus that reached down, picked the ear up, 
Isn't that an amazing story? And just stick that thing back on there. Peter cut his ear off because he'd come to take Jesus to Pilate's hall. And there he would be tied to the whipping post. There the crown of thorns was put on his head. But Hebrews 12, and Jesus said, he, the scripture said he looked at the cross as joy. How could he look at that being such joy? Because he knew what it was going to bring to you and I. He knew that when he died on that cross and got out of the grave, he could bring a harvest to us. He could deliver us from all of the things that bothers us and sets us free. He brought a mighty harvest of joy and peace to the land of bitterness. That's what he brought. Luke 22, 31 and 22. Jesus says to Peter, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. I prayed for you that you're what? That you're what? Your faith fail not. It's wrong to pray for God to help us to escape problems. That's a wrong prayer. Jesus didn't pray that. He said, I prayed for you that your faith don't fail in your problems. I prayed for you that you can maintain that same faith unto me and whatever situation you're in, I prayed for you. And Peter went out and wept bitterly when he had denied the Lord. But when the Lord got out of the grave, he said, Go tell Peter. Go tell Peter. The harvest is here. Forgiveness is here. Your bitter heart, I'll heal. Whom the Lord set free is free what? Free indeed. When Christ comes in with the presence of the Lord, there is what? Liberty. In the worst crisis in a person's life, they can have what? Liberty. Have peace. Of what Jesus has done in our lives. All these things that happened to him did not affect his character. He knew he was going to bring a harvest. And then he told Peter, when you're converted, strengthen the brother. When we are converted, we have a responsibility to go out and strengthen those that may be bitter in life and the troubles in life. Man born to woman is few days in what? Full of trouble. But the Lord does what? delivers them out of all of them. So God is praying for us today that our faith don't what? He's not praying that we escape problems and trouble. First James, first chapter of James says, count it all joy. Count it all joy when you endeavor temptation because the trying of our faith is more precious than gold or silver, anything in this world. He tries our faith Everybody's going to be tried. But thank God we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who strengthened us. We're victorious in everything we do. Amen.
We're not losers. We're what? We're not defeated. We're victorious. And what God has done for us. God bless you for being here today. <laughs> if you need prayer, we'll pray for you. If you're not, we're going to ask you to we'll pray over you and have a, you want to say something? I thought you might want to say something. I want to wish you, bless you. What kind of Thanksgiving you going to have? What kind of tomorrow you going to have? What kind of afternoon you going to have? Now some of you are not saying anything. You have not because you don't say. Huh? Jesus said, Whosoever saith to this mountain. That, may, that word says means to command. Some scholars said that Scripture is more stronger than prayer itself because you're commanding what God has given you to release your authority that He's given you against the things of life. Peggy lashed at me sometime, but I'm going to say this anyhow. You can't solve all your problems, but He can. He may not solve them the way we want to. A man met a bear, and he did what? Huh? He ran. He met a lion, and then what did he do? He ran. He ran in the house, wiped the sweat off his face, closed the door, said, boy, that was close. A scorpion bit him, and he died. He said, what's the moral of the story? You can't run from your problem. You're going to have to face them. Sometimes it's going to be hand-to-hand combat like David with the bear in the line, and sometimes it's going to have to be a slang. You're going to have to say, by faith, I come to you in the name of the Lord. You come to me with a sword, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. I am going to knock you down. I'm going to cut your head off, and I'm going to carry it back to the camp. You're talking about faith. He had faith. He had faith. That's what he's going to do. So God bless you. Don't grow bitter. Grow strong. Be victorious in everything we do. We're more than what our enemy can throw at us. And sometimes the devil will throw everything at you, even the kitchen sink. But you're victorious. Peg and I went to a conference one time in Tennessee when we first was ordained. and I believe it was in 79. And they sang a song of Kingsport, Tennessee. She wrote it all down as they were singing it. Came back and sang it, and it was such a blessing to the church. When I look back down the road, and I see where the Lord has brought me from. I mean, you know, sometimes you need to look back and see the victory that you won then. And if you won the victory then, you're surely stronger today to have the victory that God has put in our hearts. So God bless you. May you have the greatest week you've ever had in your life. I prophesy a prophetic word over you that you're going to be blessed in everything you do. In the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you.